One gal said to me at a workshop, she said, wow, this was more effective than four years of therapy. And at first I thought, wow, that's great. And then I thought to myself, no, this is the culmination of four years of therapy. <laughs> Welcome to the Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful. I'm Jordan Friedman. Today's episode of The Chill Factory is part two of my conversation with Brian Luke Seward, one of the foremost experts in the field of stress management. Luke and I met and studied together many years ago at college, and this is the first time since then that we've sat down to talk about stress and how to better reduce it. You don't need to listen to these two episodes in order, but do listen to both of them for more about Luke and, of course, more about how to successfully deal with the fire hose of challenges that now face us. And that is how I started this part of the conversation. And stay tuned until the end because Luke teaches us a quick, calming exercise in the Chill Factory's break room. One of the reasons that I I really wanted to talk with you is because there is a lot of crap going on in the world, a lot of stress that we're being faced with. There is violence, really serious violence. There is a pandemic that continues and we all lived through for two years. There are lots of political concerns. There is an erosion of truth or the belief in truth and facts and Of course, the environment seems to be evaporating before our eyes, and the list goes on and on. So I've had lots of conversations with people over the past few years and definitely over the past year or so, people who say they can't can't move forward, they can't think without that soundtrack of concern about the future and a feeling of uncertainty and feelings of doom and I wonder, given your long experience doing this and your focus on spirituality as well as stress management training, if you have any wisdom that you can offer on how to think about this time and how to navigate these really choppy waters right now and moving forward. Yeah, great question. We've always had tough times. This is nothing really new, although it seems like what we have right now is is a, at a, a critical <laughs> critical uh, mass here. But I, I'm really intrigued by this idea of positive psychology. And, and I, I don't want to convey that we are espousing rainbows and unicorns. We're not doing that. I'm, I'm of the opinion that we need to see the big picture, take a look at everything, but don't dwell on the negative. And there's a lot to, we could dwell on if we wanted to. I mean, you did a great job highlighting some of the problems there. But I would say one of the first things to do is to minimize the intake of, of the news. The news, basically, and I used to listen to NPR all day long. I thought it was great. And, and now I, I'm down to five minutes just because I just can't take that much anymore. Um, so I think, again, you know, another example of healthy boundaries. But it's, it's important to, uh, to have some healthy boundaries. And I think that um, news is definitely a case in point. We just don't take in nutrition through our, our mouth. We take in all kinds of nutrients through our five senses. And, and there's just a lot of negativity. And that, as I say, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And so, of course, the news is going to be on the negative side. I listen to the wisdom of, of people like Joanna Macy and Alberto Vialdo and a number of wisdom keepers who say that we are in a very unique time right now. Um, Joanna Macy calls it the Great Awakening. 
Some people call it the great, uh, great disturbance. It has a lot of different names. I noticed that the word greats used with them <laughs> to signify how, how colossal this is. But I think what it is, is, is this idea that we are really being tested uh, on a, a great many levels. And so um, a big part of this is to use what I call the inner resources or the muscles of a soul. You know, a sense of humor, a sense of patience, a sense of forgiveness, a sense of optimism. And, and to use those coping skills is what they really come down to. I'm of the opinion that we can get through this, and we but we got to do it uh, both uh, wisely and pace ourselves so we don't burn out. So um, that's a, a nutshell answer to a colossal question. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> but um, but I, I want to say that it, you know, just like um, you know, the charity begins at home. Um, stress management begins at home. You know, if we can begin to to resonate a, a ripple effect from within out to the world of of peace, of love and compassion, as opposed to hate and, and negativity, then we've made our world a better place and we've made the world a better place. Yeah, I, I, I think what you said about the ripple effect, I, I think it's, yeah, I'll just add that I think that is true. And and also taking it to the place of, you know, getting involved, turn off the news, get as much as you need and turn it off and then take action. Action is a great stress reducer. Uh, and then, of course, action can also cause that ripple effect and getting other people involved. And hey, action can also uh, connect you with other people, which we so desperately need in our increasingly lonely society. So doing something can have many, many rewards. That would be what I would throw in there. Yeah, and you know, while you were talking, I was thinking of um, Fred Rogers, who's um, a comment about look for the people who are helping others. And I would add to that, look for them and then start joining in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, helping and getting involved and trying to change the world is uh, is an important part of this. So, stand like mountain, flow like river, is both the name of one of your books and also your uh, one of your training courses, correct? Yeah, it's um, it's a I can't take credit for that wonderful title. It's actually from I think Lao Tzu, but it speaks to balance. Um, Stand like mountain means to be strong, to be secure in the times of change, and to flow like river or water means to go with the flow with the things you can't control. And so it really speaks to about living in balance. And so, um, you know, I, I have this textbook on stress and spirituality and Naomi Judd, God bless her soul, because we just lost her a few weeks ago. She was so impressed with a presentation I gave on that topic that she contacted a publisher who then called me to say, let's do a book. And that's what the book came, became was a topic of stress and spirituality. And so um, it's it's a, a lesson in life that we, we need to walk in balance. And um, well, I tell you, we're we're, t- we're tested every day on that. So I um because of of, uh, of the pandemic, I, I like a lot of people like you and I were talking earlier, like you've done. I put this this book online as a ten part uh, series, uh, a masterclass, I think is what they call them. So it's it's got um uh, ten different uh, chapters. And then also I got a PDF with some uh, some journal exercises. I'm a real big fan of journaling and trying to get your thoughts on paper and make sense of things because by not doing that, we just walk around and I say to confusion. So um, that's one of my um, little projects this past uh, year was to put that out to the world. And and, um, and thanks for mentioning that. Sure. And, and what do you do, Luke, to reduce your stress? 
Yeah, great question. I that's actually that's a question I get asked the most. <laughs> There's your number one question. I just realized that was it. Um, you know, okay, it begins each day where I, I get up and I go for a, a walk in nature. I live by a nature preserve out here in Colorado, and um, and I, I I love animals. I do photography, so sometimes I'll bring my camera and take pictures and things. Um, I come back and I meditate for a half an hour. And um, you know, I gotta tell you, Jordan, back in the day, um, I thought my swimming was my meditation you know when you're when you got your head down the water you can't talk to anybody so you know, your thoughts are all in your head there and then spread out to the four corners of the pool but it wasn't until i was challenged when someone said have you tried sitting still for a while and i'm like yeah i should do that so i did that when I, we were in college too and and sure enough you get a whole different response just sitting quietly trying to be still and stillness is a real important aspect of, of balance there so so I, I meditate for half an hour and Jordan, I got to tell you, the days I might skip it because I got to take my car in to get the oil change or something, I get a headache by three o'clock. So I, I don't, I don't miss it if I can possibly help it. Um, then I, I uh, come back and um, uh, you probably heard me laughing throughout this, <laughs> this conversation. I, I definitely think humor is important. I, I look for something funny every day. I go for a swim usually in the afternoon, like around two o'clock or so, and then uh, come back. And then uh, I might go out with a, a friend or, or my wife. I might go for a walk in the neighborhood here. Um, so I do a lot of coping skills. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, there's no one skill that works for everybody. I, the whole idea is a, a multi-factorial uh, approach or, or forget the exact academic term, but basically lots of skills because no one skill is going to do it for everybody or for one person for all the stressors that we have. So I do a lot of things. And I, and I got to tell you, humor, as I mentioned before, is important. I, um, I'm not a comedian and I don't claim to be, but I, I look around and I just see funny things. My wife says to me, she goes, you're your own best audience. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if that works. If it works, do it. Yeah. So, so, uh, so anyway, that's kind of what I do is, is, um, lots of things. And, and, uh, I also listen to music. I'm a big fan of music therapy. Um, God, I do all kinds of things. I, I, I walk my talk. Yeah, you sure do. That is super inspirational. I'm going to have to go back and look at my calendar and put more things in. I will say, though, that I do the the humor thing, and the way I do it is, I know you're not supposed to watch TV right before bed, but, boy, it is great to watch, you know, reruns of, of Seinfeld or I Love Lucy or Friends or something because they still make me laugh even if I've seen them 10 times before, and it is fantastic to to go to sleep laughing, your muscle tension dissolves, you're in a better mood, all that, all that good stuff that helps you fall asleep and, and stay asleep. Yeah, I agree. There's some, there's some good things out there. And my, my, my favorite show right now is Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sort of like Ted Lasso in a way, I think. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, he's, he's great. Uh, Luke, your, your bio is super interesting, and the work that you've done for all of these years is super interesting. And I just have to ask, and you don't have to name any names, but you did work at the White House helping staff, I believe, there reduce their stress. And boy, if I had to come up with a list of the top places that were stressful to work at, I would think no matter what administration is in there, the White House would probably be up there at the top of the list. What was what was that like? Uh, well, I will mention names since uh, it was a while ago, but, <laughs> but I spoke during two different administrations. So the joke is I'm, I'm uh, bipartisan, but um, the very first time was uh, during the George Bush uh, senior presidency. And it was right during the election and there was a lot of tension there. Oh my God. In fact, I was asked to talk. Uh, I did a talk up at um, uh, Johns Hopkins on the healing power of humor and someone 
caught wind of that and said, would you come on down the White House? So, of course, I did. I, I didn't turn that down. And I never, I'll never forget this, Jordan. They said to me two things. One is um, you cannot make any Dan Quayle jokes. And my thought was, wow, there goes half my talk. <laughs> And then they said, um, I forget what the second thing was. Oh, I know that I couldn't, I, I couldn't say that I spoke at the White House. That was part of the rules. So uh, I remember I was giving this talk and I give this talk hundreds of times and college students are the hardest audience and they were laughing. So I knew this, I was funny and nobody's laughing. I don't think like I'm dying up here. So finally I said, you guys are really a tough audience. And someone in the audience says, we need permission to laugh. And I was so frustrated. I took my hand to my head like I was saluting. I said, permission granted. And they laughed at that. And then from there on, the talk went great. Well, because that went so well, I got asked back for four more times. And this time, uh, Clinton is the uh, president. And um, yes, a very stressful place. There are over 2,000 employees at the White House. It's not just the White House. It's the White House, the old executive office, build, office building, and the new executive office building. So I, I, I didn't have any famous headliners there um, that I recognize. I mean, the room was packed, so they may have been there in the back. But, I mean, we didn't, we're not talking like Secretary of State or, or anything like that at all. Uh, it was definitely a memorable time to do that. I'm very glad I did, but um, I, I'm glad I don't um, live in D.C. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I, th I think I would I would take the mountains of uh, Colorado uh, over the um, the circles, the traffic circles, and and uh, beautiful buildings of Washington D.C. as well. Wow, that's cool. You know, though, I have to believe that given who you are and how how inspiring you are and what a great teacher you are, that you you know tilted the earth's axis just a little bit in a better direction by doing all of those trainings at the white house right you you ran some good stress reduction through the minds of those people who have a big influence on the world i'm totally serious yeah i like to think so thanks i appreciate you saying that and um um yeah, I, I can't say that I've gotten any emails from anyone from that period in my life, but uh, you never know. I'm like, you never know. I love this stuff. You never know who you're going to affect. I mean, the, like I said, the ripples go out far and wide here. And um, and a lot of times, like I said, what we say isn't really new to anybody. It's just it's a reminder of what they may have already heard before. And so we're adding to the critical mass. In fact, one gal said to me at a workshop, she said, wow, this was more effective than four years of therapy. And at first I thought, wow, that's great. And then I thought to myself, no, this is the culmination of four years of therapy. <laughs> it all works together somehow. It yes. all works together, even if it's not clear. And it's it's often not clear. Hey, do you have any, like, a one-minute or two-minute exercise that you do with audiences that you think might be nice for our audience of The Chill Factory? Yeah, I got one. It's um, it's a, a breathing technique, and you know, I gotta preface this by saying one of my friends went to China, and she was learning about different modalities of energy healing. And he said to this this friend of mine, Michelle, he said, "There's over 40 different ways to breathe," and she thought to herself, "Thought there's only two: inhale and exhale." So this is one of the 40. <laughs> Using your mind's eye, you, you bring energy from your heart space, energy, breath, light, whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, in front of your, your chest. So you inhale and you bring this up to your, uh, to, over your head, and then you exhale and feel this, this energy, this light, this breath come down the, the back side to where it pools at the base of your spine. 
And you're going to inhale, and from the inhalation, we're going to take, bring it back up to our heart space. So we've done a complete circle now, or an oval, and this is called a circular breath. So we inhale to the top of our head, exhale down the back of our spine, inhale up in front from our, our uh, spine up to our heart space, and the last exhale, we exhale out. And you have a couple of choices here. Uh, you can exhale out to the mountains, because uh, actually they, they taught this in the Himalayas. Um, you can exhale out to the ocean, because this also comes to us from Hawaii, and that's their first choice is to exhale out to the ocean. Or you can exhale anywhere you want. <laughs> it's, it's an equal opportunity exhale. Uh, so, so in this case here, um, you do four of them, and I do four uh, to go along with the lines of, of mind, body, spirit, emotions. So I'll just take the group through, uh, the audience through uh, one, and then, or two, and then you can do one your own, and I'll kind of just say inhale, exhale, but you'll get the idea of that. So we're going to inhale very slowly from our heart space, feel this energy, this light rise up over your face, up the top of your head, and then when you're ready, very slowly exhale out through your mouth, very slowly, and feel this light, this energy cascade down the back of your spine, and then it's going to pull the base of your spine, and then when you're ready, very slowly inhale, and feel this energy, this light now come full circle up to the heart space. And then we're going to, when you're ready, very slowly exhale and we'll exhale out to the mountains, the ocean, wherever. And once more, we're going to inhale from the heart space in front of our chest up in front of our face up over our head, very slowly, very, very slowly. And then when you're ready, we're going to exhale out through your mouth very slowly feel this light this energy this breath down cascade down the back side of your body to where it pulls at the base of your spine and then we're going to very slowly inhale from the base of the spine up in front of our stomach up to our heart space and then when you're ready very slowly exhale out to the mountains to the ocean to the world once more inhale Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. And now one last time. Inhale. Up to the top of your head. Very slowly. Very comfortably. When you're ready, very slowly exhale out through your mouth, very slowly feel this energy, this light, this breath cascade down the back of your spine like a waterfall. Pools at the base of your spine. And when you're ready, very slowly inhale from the base of your spine up to your heart space again. And then when you're ready, exhale out to the mountains, the ocean, to the world. And just pause for a moment, just feel how you feel right now. So that's one of the 40 ways to breathe. It's um, called the circular breath, and um, it's taught the world over in various cultures. And it's just a nice little thing to do. It takes a few minutes and nice thing to include in your meditation or just to calm down while you're driving. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Brian Luke Seward. I am so glad that doctor at the health service at the University of Maryland suggested I take a stress management class because 
through that, I got to meet you, and I so appreciate you being a part of the Chill Factory and inspiring us, motivating, and teaching us and helping us to relax. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thanks for inviting me. It's, it's great to reconnect, and let's not wait 40 more years. <laughs> <laughs> you can learn more about Luke right now in the episode notes, and we'll put a link in there to his new chill audio creation, Above the Fray, which is available in Apple Music, Audible, and on other platforms. A big thanks to Brian Luke Seward, the teachers and mentors whose shoulders we stand on, and to you for making your health a priority. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. We have more resources at thechillfactory.net, and you can leave a voice comment or question there. Just look for the blue tab on the right side of any site page. Be sure to subscribe or follow The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And if you liked something you heard on this or any episode, we'd love it if you rated or reviewed The Chill Factory wherever you get your podcasts. And as Walt Whitman said, I have learned that to be with those I like is enough.